Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. I'm Jesse here with my best pal, Brianna. And today we are talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a 2022 American sci-fi action adventure film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart, collectively known as the Daniels. Movie was produced by the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony, who we know as the directors of Infinity War and Endgame. The story centers on a Chinese-American immigrant played by Michelle Yeoh, who, while being audited by the IRS, discovers that she must connect with parallel universe versions of herself to prevent a powerful being from destroying the multiverse. And the supporting cast is Stephanie Su, who plays Joy, Evelyn's daughter, Kihui Kwan, who plays Waymond, Evelyn's husband, and Jamie Lee Curtis as an auditor. So this is your spoiler alert for everything, everywhere, all at once. We're definitely going to be covering plot points. But Brianna, you saw this when it came out. Any first thoughts? I did. And I actually, for the first time, saw it on an airplane. Um, I believe I had seen a post from the amazing Jordan. Beep. I'm not going to say her last name. You know, I did my own editing there. But Jordan had recommended the movie to all of her Instagram followers. So I was like, cool, I have six hours to do nothing. So let me watch this film. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, like always, and I wound up like cackling on this plane. I tend to choose films that evoke strong emotions from me, whether they are comedy or drama. I'm either laughing or crying on an airplane, so sorry, people who get stuck next to me. I thought it was great. I didn't know there was going to be queer representation. I did not know it was going to like pushed the bounds of reality that far. I thought it tackled really weighted topics with a lot of elegance and humor while not diluting the points. I like genuinely enjoyed it to the point that I quasi saw it again on another flight because the man sitting in front of me was watching it. And so I was partially watching his screen while watching whatever I was watching on my screen. And every time he like moved into the way of his screen, I'd get really frustrated because I was like, no, this is such a good part. So very much enjoyed the movie and will 100% see it again. What about you, Jesse? I have a couple questions. Oh, okay. First of all, why did you believe yourself? Because <laughs> I said I was doing my own. I didn't want to, I don't know if we're supposed to say our friend's last names. I'm trying to protect identity for when oh, we become okay. famous. Okay, you have a friend, Jordan. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I was going to say the okay. whole name. But you just decided a bleep was a good way to go? <laughs> yeah, I was like, chore? edit it out. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I think you should leave that part in. I will. My second question for you is why didn't you just also watch everything ever all at once why did you torture yourself and watch it on mute with something in your way because i remember really enjoying the movie that i was watching i don't remember what the movie was now because i remember thinking this is so ridiculous like i should just switch to this but i really wanted to finish that movie so yes i've seen wow. it 1.5 times born between two great films i can relate mm -hmm. Right? I can relate. Okay. And if he would have um, just stopped moving, I could have seen it twice. I mean, this movie is definitely a WTF because there are, it's, it's ridiculous. Like this movie is insane, but in a, mostly great ways. It definitely feels fresh and original. Even if we've seen stories with multiverses before, this one, it, it this one is unique. <laughs> the way that they yeah. get between multiverses is by doing ridiculous things like that. 
that kind of plot point in and of itself just opens opens the door, opens the worlds for just ridiculous behavior. That's pretty fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And and this whole thing is is acted very well. So they really commit. They're all of them are playing multiple different people, and they they all just go for it. So yeah, this movie was a blast. I yes. I do have a couple smaller critiques, but I think. I this movie was special in that after it came out, I swear it was everyone's favorite movie. And somehow it still had the staying power to like most 2022 lists. It's still mm-hmm. in the top three for a lot of people, not for myself, probably, but it's in my top 20. So, yeah, it was a it was a great time. Yeah. And I think it is the perfect example of like when someone asks, oh, what is it about the typical response I would get would be, you just need to see it. It's about so much and it's so ridiculous. I would also love to see the bloopers of this film, specifically (laughs) like the dildo fighting scene, because I'm like, I bet these these actors were just like losing it. So I did want to correct our 2023 Oscar episode where we were complaining about queer actors never getting nominated for queer roles because it turns out that Stephanie Sue is actually queer. So we have a queer person in a queer role nominated in an acting category. So she's nominated into the supporting. The one bummer about it still is that she's in there with Jamie Lee Curtis. So it is going to be a little bit tough to get either vote to swing one way. I think they may end up splitting it. So Everything Everywhere All at Once actually got the most Oscar nominations this year with 11 um, and got most of the big categories. So very impressive, especially for a movie that came out in April. So again, mm-hmm. crazy good staying power. Um, it's actually been re-released in theaters, at least in Seattle and Portland. Uh, I assume probably in New York too. Just, I'm pretty uh, sure I've seen it. Yeah. So if anybody missed it, check that out. But yeah, I was able to get Best Picture, Best Actress for Michelle Yeoh, which is great. I'm personally hoping that she's going to win. Uh, and then Best Supporting Actor, Ki-Hui Kwan. And then two in Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu. Unfortunately, the Daniels did not get in for directing, but they did get in for original screenplay. So kind of hoping they can pull off the screenplay there. And then they also got some other like more below the lines, like editing and uh, costumes, which I think is rightfully deserved because there are some great costumes in this. Yes. yes. Agreed very excited to see how this movie does at the oscars we shall see yeah it better win at least a handful of things i think kiwi kwan is pretty much a shoe in in supporting actor so at the very least we'll we'll see that from him and i hope he keeps he acting it. yeah i Same. totally agree so as far as queerness goes was there anything that stood out to you in this movie no it was pretty straightforward <laughs> <laughs> ah, i see what I'm you did hysterical <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I feel like I read a couple of articles about this movie and I feel like there's just so many layers to this movie that like I could watch it so many times and critically analyze so many different aspects and like write an entire essay on this movie alone and like on queerness and queer theory uh, because there wasn't only queerness within their relationship and their relationship being uh, Stephanie Shoes or Joy Wings. And who is her girlfriend? In the movie, it's we Becky. Have... It's Becky, um, okay. Yeah. Oh, Becky. Perfect oh, white girl name. Exactly. Okay. But between Joy and Becky, so we have like very 
outright displays of queerness. And then again, in one of the realities where Deirdre and Evelyn are in a relationship, which not for nothing, that was my least favorite reality, simply because of how they had sex. I did not want to watch hot dogs ejaculating mustard and ketchup into each other's mouths that I was like, oh God, but also very funny. But yeah, I felt like there was a lot of like authentic queer representation in this movie uh, that they didn't shy away or go the like rom-com approach where there's like a big apology or a big grand gesture and everything is forgiven. They were like, they made their characters real people. They made their characters able to say, no, you've hurt me so much that you now have to deal with whether I am ready or not to repair this relationship, which I feel like is a very real life point and a very important point to show in now a movie that's been seen seen by I'm going to say millions of people at the very least hundreds of thousands of people because it shows that our actions have consequences that at the end of the movie though it did there was kind of like not a, a oh my god happy ending but a kind of like resolution where there was a huge character arc within uh, Evelyn and like a lot of self gro- self growth and awareness that like she had to put in the hard work in a fraction of the time because of all of these realities and that hard work resulted in a healed or on the way to being healed relationship with her daughter while not dismissing her daughter's experience and I thought the fact that these filmmakers were able to achieve this while including dildos was extraordinary. Like I was, I was amazed, but yeah. Were there any representations of queerness that you saw or that I missed? I think those are the big ones in your face. I do think you make a great point with the Evelyn and Troy relationship. I did love how that was handled and it wasn't just the like big gesture that fixed everything. Cause that would have been easy and we've seen that a lot but yeah i appreciated that it was a much more in-depth conversation about these are the ways you've hurt me and you continue to hurt me and i don't know it was also just like really cute when the mom was like yeah sure i can understand how it seems like i want to be anywhere else but ultimately i just want to be with you and you know took me some time to figure that out but when the rocks were going down the hill together because she was like no oh again on an airplane just sobbing um yeah they had some really cute moments they did i actually loved the the rock addition in the alternate universes i think one like on a scientific level like yeah there is an alternate reality where like nothing really no life really came to fruition because things were just off a little bit or you know i'm not a scientist but that tracks to me I don't know. And it also like was a really good moment to like slow everything down. Mm-hmm. You just saw the text because they are rocks, so they can't really talk. And it was also a continually great use of the googly eyes. And yeah, I thought the rock scenes were really great. Yeah. And yeah. even as a rock, when she launches off the cliff after her, I was like, ew. Right. I also, I also enjoyed, and this is, I'm going to use the context of like queering something, not in the identity, but like in how we perceive it the relationship between Waymond and Evelyn 
throughout history, stereotypes of like East Asian men have been that they're like not masculine, that they're very Mm -hmm. feminine, that they're very weak. And then the flip side of that for East Asian women and through their character growth, we see that like there's a value in women's approach to the world. And so like, rather than queering it in like, oh, well, I'm going to make him a very hyper-masculine person in one of these realities. We, the the filmmakers had the audience members kind of queer their understanding of the value of those characteristics, which I thought was just, it made my heart so happy. I agree. I think the filmmakers here queer a lot of things. They queer ideas of even how time travel works, right? Their ridiculous plot that you have to do something so essentially out of this world to get to another world, you know, like that's, that's so fun. And it's played up in so many, you know, hilarious ways. I don't appreciate all of them, but I appreciate that they were creative and had the freedom to do it. Agreed. I also like two thoughts on that. Um, One hated that one of the ways they tried to jump realities was by paper cutting the slits of their fingers. Spoiler alert for Puss in Boots. It reminds me of something they do in that, that like as adults, you watch it and you just full body cringe because you've had something like that happen to you. And you're like, yes, that would debilitate a fucking 150 foot giant. And like, to me, that's what this was. Like I have paper cut that wedge in my finger and like I can't imagine even if the world was going to end actively trying to paper cut my no oh god and then number two how this movie was pitched to producers because that's the people that movies are pitched to right yeah like how they were able to convince the people who funded the movie that this scene needed to have women trying to sit on a butt plug like it could be nothing else when like for so long we've fought to get very little into films and been turned down so I thought that was a big feat I want to see more butt plugs on the big screen I think that's where you and I are a little bit different there (laughs) were some scenes in here that I appreciated their absurdity to an extent but like I didn't find them funny Uh, The dildo scene was actually the biggest one. Like, I didn't, to me, that feels super unnecessary. Um, And some of those silliness things, like, just like smacking people with huge dildos, like, it, it, to me, takes away a little bit, like, because we leaned into the silliness so much, I, some of the more emotional drops, I think, could have been, like, heavier to me, but I think that's also why it has a wide appeal, because, there's like some comedy for everyone so and yeah audience seemed to love some of that stuff but yeah i thought the jamie lee curtis's trophy looking like a butt plug was funny but then like when they took it to the level of like every trying to like shove their naked butts on it i was like this is this is kind of a lot and i get it right this is I, i get it but those to me are why i left thinking i really wish this had been women directors because i think it would have been a little less i just think parts of it would have been a little more thoughtful there are things here like because everything ties together and i like that so it's clearly a very like methodical movie at Mm -hmm. least in how they finished writing it Mm 
but I think in some ways it would have been smarter <laughs> if it would have been mm. maybe a woman. I don't know. I guess I just think that they wouldn't have had to lean into the silliness as much. I don't know. Maybe I'm incorrect. I do hear you. No, I mean, I do hear you. Um, and I have a couple of thoughts on it. One being that if it was women directors, because of just how Hollywood views women directors, they probably would not have been able to pitch all of these absurd ideas and have people buy into them. So I do think it would be something that would have been more like, as you're saying, intelligent. Oh, like, yes, I need to do ridiculous things, but it would have been an, an intelligent, ridiculous thing. I also think that what you're talking about is a, a great representation, though, of Waymond and Evelyn in that, like, this was a movie about very serious topics, but then had very ludicrous ways of getting to those serious topics Wayman being the person who puts the googly eyes on the want the I um, said the laundry the laundry machines and like Evelyn being like no we need to get our taxes done so I almost think that that's further representation but I agree I was like when seeing those scenes I was like this is ridiculous like this is I absurd yeah some of those absurdities are where you lose me and another one was the hot dog scene you're talking about when that yeah the, with the ketchup and the mustard it was it was a it's lot and it was gross and i think that's also part of it right they're if they're literally trying to talk about everything everywhere well like guess what part of humanity is crass and part of it is gross and part of it is over the top so like those have to be in the movie this movie is like almost all genres in one it does almost everything. Like, I just feel like there isn't a musical number, but everything else. Yeah. I also think all the descriptive words you listed are also things that, like, the queer community is to continue with the kind of, like, queer theme of this movie. Like, queers are refined. Queers are crass. Queers are gross. Queers are over, like, um, over the top and all of these different things. And so that then kind of just, like, represents all aspects of the world and their end of queerness. And you're going to get some people who love everything about it. And they're going to get some people that are like, eh, I could have done without that vulgar scene. Oh yeah, totally. Like when my mom was like, should I see it? I was like, there's a couple scenes where you're going to be like, oh my gosh. But otherwise I think Cl you'll like it. <laughs> Clutches her pearls. But exactly. So you've mentioned the woman director thing a couple of times and I'm always going to be here for a woman director. I'm wondering you have a person in mind that you think would have been able to kind of do this film justice knowing their filmography. So the first one who comes to mind is Lulu Wang, but honestly, that's just because I love her and I loved her movie, The Farewell. I'm, oh, I feel like oh, The Farewell is with Aquafina. I really wanted yes. to see that movie. Was that one good? Oh, it's so good. It Okay, okay. It's a I'm little, really to see it. it's a little bit sad. Like I, I cried in that theater. <laughs> Of course you did. It's about a family that isn't telling their grandma that she's dying, right? And then their ways of saying goodbye. Yes, I remember when this came out. Um, yeah, great movie. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if I noodled on it more, I'd come up with something else. But I think she's a good one. And I mean, honestly, sadly, there are just less women directors. And so yeah. that's also where this is coming from, because love to see, you know, some women get some love. Absolutely. And not for nothing, but like... You were saying 
one of the reasons why you just recommended Lulu Wang is because she's Chinese. And when it comes to Hollywood, there's even less like women directors of color. And so there does become like, okay, well, here's a handful of them. Um, And I think it is really important that this film has somebody who understands the culture because I think this film would have been entirely different if it had been made by like two white men. Yeah. Um, And that it would have fallen flat when it comes to telling this story because there's a lot of just like themes around generational trauma and like the immigrant story and like the old world and the new world and, and all of that. And that's not something that is always a part of the white American narrative. So I think it would have been really skewed if it had not been done by East Asian man or woman or person. Yeah, I agree. I think there are some layers that would have been missing. I think, I think it, you know, it really just takes a human being to hopefully understand that. Cause I think this movie's biggest point is that the things that make life worth living are relationships, whether it's, yeah, whether it's, you know, your significant other or your kids or your parent or whatever. Um, So that I think almost anyone can make that movie, but this one is special because it's these specific people and, and all the other layers of it. Right. Like, even using the everything bagel, which delicious, we all like mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something somewhat gluttonous about that and America and the idea that we would even concoct an everything bagel, which isn't actually everything. But, you know, the fact that we're calling it that, I don't know. So who knows? Like to speculate about other people making this movie also is all for naught. And what was made was a great movie. So. Yeah. And about or like to your point of this movie being about like relationships kind of and like genuinely seeing people for who they are and not who you want them to be and how that then shapes and forms the relationships we have. It honestly reminded me a lot of clients that I've worked with and like being a social worker in the sense that like if I viewed each reality as a like fracture within a person. Then my job as a social worker is to hold space to witness all of these different people that this person has created in order to survive this world and validate those unmet needs, validate those decisions, validate those traumas and help them heal and help them kind of come back into being one reality or come back into being one person and that oftentimes we wind up splitting or we wind up resulting in other realities because at some point somebody made us feel like who we were was not who they wanted us to be and that is devastating and I think it's so poignant that the person who conveyed that was a queer person and they don't tiptoe around the topic that she's like no Like the relationship we have now is because you wanted to have this relationship. You chose not to see me. You've made me feel like none of the relationships in my life are really worth it because I can't actually be my full self because my full self is full of despair and anger because of you. And I was like, woof, that's, that's big. Oh, yeah. And there's a quote by the the Alpha Joy, 
where she says, right is a tiny box invented by people who are afraid. And I know what it feels mm. like to be trapped inside that box, which is pretty mm-hmm. much exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved that they gave us insight to Evelyn's relationship with her father, because they very much could have just told us, as you say, like, oh, she has a bad relationship with her father. But then we got to witness like her basically like pushing back against her father's wishes by marrying Waymond, like, and in every other reality, she chose to do something that made her father unhappy. And then she spent the rest of her life trying to make up for that and continue to deny herself happiness. I agree. The interpersonal relationships in this movie are fantastic and relatable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, quick pivot. Because I wanted to talk about the reality with the tapenaki chef and the raccoon. I did not get that reality. So you're talking about the raccoonie reality? Yes, which it, uh, I also love ratatouille. So, and that was so long ago. So bringing that back made me happy. But why was that reality relevant? I didn't understand that one. I mean, she did use the chef powers quite a few times to fight she ended up cutting the fanny pack with it i don't know and then they're on each other's shoulders he gets the raccoon yeah you're right maybe it doesn't tie in like the others yeah because I, I did just feel like the, laughs. <laughs> maybe okay i wasn't sure if i like missed something because i was like no but i thought it was cute maybe it was just their way to take a stab at disney maybe they were like disney you didn't produce our film we hate you so A24 said we could do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I hope know. that's the real reason. I, I hope, hope it so. is too. <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked about the Jamie Lee Curtis of it all very much. I don't really know what there is to say about her, but I feel like I genuinely believed her and loved her as the tax auditor. And I felt like they did a great job of creating the anxiety and the tension that comes from being audited in like that very stressful situation but yeah oh my god when she stapled something to her head again i cringed but what do you think about jamie lee i thought she was fine i don't know i thought she was fine i love that she's out campaigning for the film but it wasn't anything that noteworthy to me i kind of thought she was yeah Solid, but I didn't think that it was Oscar worthy. I don't know. Unpopular. Okay, that was going to be my my follow up. I was going to say, do you think that it was Oscar worthy? So I would say no, because all like Michelle Yeoh, Kihui Kwan and Stephanie Shu are all playing actual characters in multiple realities. I didn't really like Jamie Lee Curtis gets taken over it feels like but then she's just like wielding weapons it didn't feel like she had an arc or had that much to do or like really stretched herself more than she has in her other films so Mm. hey like her nomination is kind of like a we like you i guess this is for your whole body of work but like if we're talking about just acting i think stephanie sue blew her out of the water oh yeah oh yeah she's like the emotional she's like the emotional heft of the movie i mean all of them are like actually the most touching scene to me is Kiwi Kwan, but like they're all carrying the emotional weight of the film, and Jamie Lee Curtis is not. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when Kiwi Kwan is talking about 
like fear you're fighting because you're scared and confused and you think I'm being naive when I'm being positive, but it's strategic and necessary. Mm. And like, it's how he's learned to survive through everything. He said, you see yourself as a fighter. So do I, but this is how I fight. That was the most compelling part of this movie to me. It, Mm -hmm. it like, he's so self-aware. Like, I know you think I'm weak, but this is all strategic. And this is how, this is how we make it right. With this balance and I loved that because, I mean, especially in a time where, like, we've hit a point where, like, toxic positivity is a thing to have that perspective that he has about, like, where it's coming from and why do why does it and what his goals are was just beautiful and very mm-hmm. well said. And honestly, like, I felt like I, as an audience member, needed to hear that. Michelle Yeoh, as the <laughs> wife, needed to hear that. So... Yeah, that was fantastic and and perfectly acted and written. So that part got Yeah, me. I I agree. I remember hearing that and feeling very seen because I am by nature an an optimist, and my entire life I've been told like, oh, that's so naive of you. Like that's not realistic. Like that's the world's got to toughen you up. And even with seeing some of the stuff that I've seen or some of the stuff that I've experienced, I've maintained my optimism and so the way in which he was framing it that like this is a strength this is my tool for fighting and it's not any less than your way of going about it it's just different and if you did not have me in your life your life would be a much darker place essentially like there is value in humor there's value in positivity there's value in seeing other people as people and asking for what you need because when he does get the extra time from Jamie Lee Curtis, Evelyn is like, wait, how? And he's like, I asked, I, I told her what we needed. And she said, yes. And I'm like, that's powerful. And could Evelyn have done that from her perspective? I don't know. That, that statement went a long way with me as well. Yeah. It shows that we all have our different strengths, but all have our different weaknesses And every character in this family is just like deeply relatable and you can sympathize with, with them. And honestly, even when the movie starts and Michelle Yeoh's like, I made all the wrong choices. My life sucks. Even that is relatable. I feel like sometimes it's really easy to feel like we made all the wrong decisions and we've messed everything up. But again, it's, it's those relationships that make life worth living. So, you know, just don't lose sight of that. And Michelle Yeoh, has in the beginning but obviously by the end you know is very excited to get back to her family so Mm -hmm. and I also think in regards of like queerness that Joy's character is very lucky in that as a queer person who is getting superficial support from her mother and has a fractured relationship that by the end of this her mother was able to do her own internal work and repair the relationship whereas like most or not most but a lot of queer people who have or who come out to their parents and like have that experience parents don't put in that work to gain that relationship back so they never get that like very desired connection and relationship with their parent they have to then go form those types of relationships with other people to get that need met and again I was really happy to see 
that in this movie because so often we're shown like in so many of the movies we've even reviewed we've seen like parents being like just leaving and not happy and never speaking to their child again because their kid's not who they thought they wanted them to be so yeah. i think that was really important for queer people to see yep i think it has a like quote unquote happy ending but also again realistic of like this is going to take work and mm-hmm. everything isn't fixed but yeah at least we've started and then the final scene with like becky dropping them all off like that was pretty cute it's like a small gesture but the fact that they all got in her car and she dropped them like mm-hmm. familial wise right like that was telling like you don't yeah you don't loop them in unless they're a part of it yes absolutely and that like i i kind of think of it as like a resolution that like it's not done but things are going to continue to change yep i did like that when we first meet alpha joy and she came on through she was like wait are you still upset that i like girls in this universe like (laughs) as Mm. if like queerness or gayness was such a thing of the past so that was pretty funny and kind of a reality that I'm I'm like, oh, what's that one like? <laughs> yes. Which I also I also love that like within infinite realities, like that kind of gives queer people hope. Like, oh, there's a oh, reality yeah. where like this is not a big deal and we're actually worrying about something that's directly negatively impacting the world and not who I'm romantically and sexually attracted to. Uh also, Alpha Joy's costumes or outfits and makeup and hair were just amazing. I agree. There was some truly fantastic costumes in here. It must have been pretty fun to put them together and, and get to wear them, especially because a lot of them were for action scenes. So mm-hmm. you see them and then you see her flying around in them. So, yeah, super fun. And no Ugg boots to be seen. Yeah, come on, old guard. No one can do all that in Ugg boots. Although him, she in heels and a couple. Like, I don't know that that's still, I don't know if it's, you know, smart footwear, but right. also, but I you mean, know. It's women. It could never be smart footwear. Tell me about how many women <laughs> who play cops that you see running after a freaking perp wearing high heels. No. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of copaganda. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Mariska Hargitay is hot as shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll edit that out. That was kind of rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I know. I think you should keep that in. I think you should keep that in because typically I too am not about propaganda, but then you get until really you hot are. women. And yeah. Until <laughs> you are. Until and I'm like, I this am. is terrible. <laughs> it's a daily struggle I, I live with. Okay. What was your favorite reality? Okay, just because of the meta-ness, I really like the one where she's essentially Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> but the, she's the famous actress and she's at a billboard. Everyone's taking yes, pictures. Okay. She's been in Crazy yes, Rich yes, Asians. Yes, it's yes, like, yes, okay, yes. so one of her alters is Michelle Yeoh. That yes. was fun just because I you know, love watching her as an actress. Sorry, in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon back in the day. So that was just like, yeah. you know, as a movie fan, I was like, oh. <laughs> I see what they're doing. <laughs> right. I feel like I need to see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon again because I'm pretty sure it came out when I was like eight. And I remember laying on the ground in my living room watching it. My entire family was there because that was also a movie that was supposed to be amazing. And me being like, I'm 
so confused as to what is happening and who is doing what. And I think I remember the ending, but definitely went over my head as an eight-year-old. So I feel like as a 32-year-old, I should give it a chance. Yeah, we should watch it sometime. It's also been a long time for me, but I remember some of the sillier scenes, like her running up the bamboo tree. Or... <laughs> anyway. um, That's a real thing. You can actually, I don't know if you can, but that'd be sick as fuck if you could. Just... That's a running sounds in case anyone was wondering. I feel like my favorite reality was The Rock. Mm. I really enjoyed The Rocks. Yeah. I thought they were really, really cute. And then, of course, the one with Jamie Lee Curtis where they're in a relationship. Um, just because it made me so uncomfortable while simultaneously, like, I wanted to watch a movie about that relationship and see them work through their disagreements and show up as the, as the other person needed them to. And happy ending. But I don't know if I'd be able to watch a whole movie with hot dog fingers. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, same. I found those kind of off-putting. But again, some of the silliness in the movie I can handle. And the eyes on the line with the hot dog fingers. I don't know. Also totally unrealistic because there's no way that somebody who doesn't have opposable thumbs would have been able to defeat somebody with opposable thumbs. Sorry. There's some flaw in your science. I've been watching a lot of Big Bang Theory, so I'm an expert. Wow. We just learned every episode what kind of expert you've become in the past week. So that's- Absolutely. You are on a roll. I didn't realize unemployment meant new profession every week. That's exciting. Basically correct, collecting title after title after title. I know from detective to I'm sorry what are you now um I am whatever doctor is the specialty of understanding if you can run up bamboo physics physics I'm a doctor of physics that's wow. that field I'm sure wow <laughs> okay okay you know we do know an astrophysicist so we could if true we could lump him in maybe yeah to critique yes. your physics <laughs> although Technically, an astrophysicist only really knows physics about the astros, the stars. So okay, is so his like knowledge really relevant to, yes, the anatomy of bamboo and the inertia and speed of a human being? You didn't even know you were called a physicist. So I was, I did. I just did not know if that was the one I wanted pause. to use. Okay. Dramatic pause. Got it. Tension. Got it. Love it. Uh, I had forgotten that Jenny Slate was in this movie. Uh, me too. She's it's a very tiny role, barely counts, but I find her delightful. So I was happy when she yes. showed up to just throw stuff around. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure she is in Parks and Rec. Yes. And she is. for my birthday, I was regularly singing, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, as I was doing things that people should have been very suspicious of. So... It makes me really happy that she was in this movie and I got to revisit that memory. I thought the nihilism here was really good, honestly. Like, I feel like nihilism is easy to understand when people like become that way. You're like, okay, I kind of get how we got there. But I I found it very well done when she would say things like, everything is just a random array of particles. I was like, oh, we are deep in this. We, we cannot find <laughs> positivity anywhere like usually like i don't know you can find a way to to get through to someone but 
yeah, I thought it was cool that she was so dark to start with. It, it did make sense. From my perspective with working with people who've like had depression, I have worked with somebody and like with, with many people who've been very resistant to finding like the positive in anything. And so I did think that it was very on point to be like, okay, I actually have seen every single reality and know everything is pointless. And you're like, okay, but let's still try. Like maybe can we reframe? Can we shift our perspective? So yeah, that's where my brain went. Totally. It's easy also, I think, to feel like religion's one of the only things to turn to if you're this nihilistic like i feel like you hear all kinds of stories about people being depressed and finding religion but i liked that it was people that brought them out of it because it's it's just it's a more relatable thing right like i fundamentally in a lot of ways hopefully whatever your religion is it it prioritizes people and relationships but at the very least if someone's not religious you know like you i feel like people is the place you get them because you know the vast majority of people care about someone yeah. And that's, I mean, honestly, I feel like you just described my belief system very well that like, I believe in relationships. I believe in people. I don't always believe in us as a whole. People as a whole are kind of messed up. But like when you go on the more micro level, that's what keeps me going. That's what gives me faith in this life and hope in this life are the the people that I've been lucky to have in my life, even when they haven't all been great have learned something my other question was going to be who is your favorite character and why i mean i think i would just have to go with michelle yo and lead as my favorite here i think it's just the most relatable i'm not positive like kiwi kwan and um i don't know sometimes i definitely have felt in my life like i've made all the wrong decisions and you know let things like <laughs> capitalism get me down and <laughs> I don't know I guess in some ways this movie is fantastic because it makes you feel like maybe you still are the hero even if you feel like your life is nothing mm. and so that's mm. that's super cool yeah that maybe you just need to kind of change how you're looking at it in order to see yourself as a hero yeah yeah, like maybe all your decisions that got you to this melancholy or perhaps, you know, even somewhat nihilistic state, perhaps it is where exactly where you're supposed to be. And, you know, in this case, the fate of the world depends on it. But even in real life, things can still turn around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I random that did really appreciate how skeptical Evelyn was when Alpha Waymond first came in. Because like same on the same level of like knock at the cabin, if somebody came in and was just like, there's multiple alternative realities, you've got to do all these things in order to save the world. I would have been like, someone has clearly drugged me and that like I, I would have done the exact same thing. Um, so I appreciate you're gonna miss your, that. You're going to miss your call to action, Brianna. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's going to take a lot more for me to cut paper cut myself than someone telling me, but I did appreciate that the people were not just super gullible and be like, yes, I will do this right now because this makes sense. But my favorite character was definitely Waymond Wang. I just related to him a lot. And 
I love the actor. Kiwi Kwan is great. I loved his Academy Awards speech. Nope, um, that hasn't um, happened yet. That would be the gloobs. The gloobs. The gloobs. <laughs> sorry. I'm All new good. to this. Getting a little ahead of yourself. That will be March 12th where we see that one. <laughs> so the Academy Awards are the, are the Oscars. Yes, they are. You get That's Oscars what always confused me. At the Academy Awards. They are the same. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That always confused me as a child because I grew up watching these shows um, or these award shows. But yeah. His Golden Globe speech was very moving, and I'm really glad that he has been given a second chance to show what he's capable of because most child actors don't get that, and he proved that he can crush it with comedy and with drama within this one movie and action. Yeah, I totally agree. His speech at the Critics' Choice was also very great. And he was just on stage, like trying not to cry. And yeah, he's ac- absolutely killing the campaign circuit. And yeah, wish him the best. Can't wait to see yeah. him win that Oscar. Ah, fingers crossed. I did love as the film guy, the 2001 A Space Odyssey shout out with the apes there in the hot dog world. So love that little film thing for film people. So that little Easter egg, if you will. Oh, yes. Well done. Easter egg. Good job. Good job. Thank you, Nancy Drew. Right. Thank you, Detective. You're welcome. (laughs) There's Easter eggs in the Nancy Drew games. That's why I know what an Easter egg is. So. Okay. There's Easter eggs and all kinds of stuff. Every Marvel movie. Okay, but I learned about them in Nancy Drew. So fuck all other methods. (laughs) Okay, but also as a kid. You went on an Easter egg hunt. Like, you know, it just means there's a little surprise inside. Uh Uh-huh. And I didn't make that. And in Nancy Drew, they're actually little Easter eggs. And then inside the Easter egg is the little thing. And so. Oh, wow. They went literal. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's great. (laughs) It's great. You still need to play with me. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that you know what an Easter egg is. Yeah, I do. Thank you for joining us today on Queer Watching. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at queer underscore watching. And if you want to send us an email with recommendations or feedback, you can at queerwatching at gmail.com.